Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, we're off the edge, episode 13. I'm Jake Ellenbogen. He is Cameron Lynch. And today we are going to talk about the NFC East and grade their drafts. Before we get into it, be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, and review wherever you're getting this, consuming this content. And uh, Cam, how you feeling yeah. about this? Man, it, it was good. I know the other day we talked about some other divisions, right? Uh, but I'm ex- I'm excited to talk about this one today. Uh, very exciting. I think talk about the AFC South last week, yesterday. Uh, this one might be one of my more favorites because of the storyline. So super excited to jump into this one, Jake. Uh, my, like I said, it might be one of my favorite storylines in the draft outside of, of course, the Joey Porter Jr. piece that we did with the Steelers last week. So really hyped to jump into this one. Absolutely. Uh, before we get into it, we'll just have a word from our sponsor, betonline.ag. They're your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs, basketball, MLB, NHL, right to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Cam, we now have the NFC East here. We're going to start with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we'll be getting to your story because I would like you to share that to the class, if you will. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, before we get into that, we do have uh, quite a few names to to rattle off here. Mozzie Smith being one of them. There were a lot of rumors that the uh, Cowboys could be going after uh, Steve Avila out of TCU. Uh, you know, Osiris Torrance. They were very much interested in getting an interior offensive lineman. They decided to go with Mozzie Smith here. I think just a really solid pick plug in play. Uh, some did not like him going in the first. I had no issue with it. I think he's a very good defensive lineman. Um, he's going to help you and plug in those gaps. Uh, you know, you have Saquon Barkley in your, you know, your division. And, you know, now you have, you know, DeAndre Swift and uh, just what Washington has been able to do, acquiring all that talent in the running back room that we'll get to. Um but I thought Smith was a good option there. I thought Schoonmaker, who we brought up on the show, really like him, was a little too uh, felt was a little too early. All right, I thought he was more of a third round guy. Fifty uh, eighth overall was very early, I thought for him. But I really do like him. Uh, Demarvion Overshone, the third round, ninetieth uh, overall pick intriguing talent i don't know if he's going to start right away but he's got a good athletic profile he's interesting uh fahoko felt like a little bit of a reach here in the fourth round i had a late round grade on him so that was you know interesting there asim richards i like the pick in the fifth round eric scott jr interesting depth piece there on the uh the in the defensive back room deuce vaughn was my favorite pick um absolutely love deuce vaughn i had a second round grade on him i just called him a football player i think this is somebody at the end of the day you can just use him as a slot receiver if you if you think he's too small to play running back he is that good he has the quickest feet you will see in this draft they also drafted jalen brooks but um cam i'm gonna say this is a b minus draft for the cowboys i'm not hating I, I like some of it. I felt like others, they didn't get like the best value they possibly could. 
Deuce Vaughn was not one of those picks, though. 212, that was outstanding value. And if you want to sleep on a guy because he's 5'5", you haven't been paying attention. Tariq Cohen showed you that you were wrong. Guys like Darren Sproles in the past, you know, smaller guys have made a name for themselves in this league. Um, you mentioned Boston Scott when we brought up, I think it was Deuce Vaughn. So look, Deuce Vaughn is going to be a weapon for this team. Now, I think some people are a little surprised because there were all this talk about them going out and getting like, you know, Zach Charbonnet or like one of the bigger backs to compliment uh, Tony Pollard. Here's what I'll say to that. Tony Pollard is finally free to be an RB1 cam. And I've been pushing for this for a while. He's been better than Ezekiel Elliott for two and a half seasons. Okay. So I'm glad that he's finally getting the opportunity. You know, they have Malik Davis, they have Ronald Jones, they have Rico Dowdle, but I think Deuce Vaughn has a chance to be that number two guy. I don't know how they're going to use him because again, he does have those limitations, but this guy can play ball. That's what I do know. And I know that he can receive out of the backfield. He's not going to offer that much in pass pro because of his frame. Um, wasn't horrible in college, but that's not going to translate to the NFL. I don't think at five, five. So all in all, I like their draft. I thought it could have been better, but Deuce Vaughn was definitely my favorite pick. What's yeah. that, my guy. Yeah. Deuce Vaughn like said favorite pick of the Cowboys and to be honest, the favorite moment and favorite pick of the entire draft in general, Jake, just to see his dad call him up and say, hey, son, you want to go with me to work next week, right? And he's like, I would like that much. That was awesome, right? And they, they did okay in the draft selecting. Uh, I, I have him great as a B-minus as well, Jake. Um, but with that douche from pick, they might have stole the show. They might have stole the draft story. Uh, that was super special. To be in the war room, Jake, in general, right? Like it takes a lot to get there. So the fact that you're that a dad of a player in the NFL, I think he talked about it in the, one of the videos, all the rides, right? All the camps being five, five, like probably constant conversation. You're enough. You can get it done. So going back to your point, Jake, about other shorter players, right? Being quote unquote undersized. Like, if we had to bring up a Boston Scott to some of these folks, right, Darren Sproles, um, Tariq Cohen, the folks that we that is kind of just registering, it, it, you might have been watching football just for this past couple of years, and that's okay. We're going to catch you up. But some of these guys that are on the shorter end make up the better portion of this football league, right? Um, we talk about some the first, the first pick with Young, Bryce Young. He's a shorter guy, and the league respects – ball players in general, no matter the height, if you can play ball, you can play ball. So that's a full stop. Deuce Vaughn, great addition to this team. He's going to cause mismatches. Jake, a guy like me playing linebacker, you know, I'm six feet tall. I'm not super tall, but covering guys like this is always tough because they're lower to the ground. Like you said, their feet are super fast. So a lot of times when you do that one-on-one, um, the one-on-one skelly drill, we get to defend uh, a running back out of the backfield going up against guys like Deuce Vaughn make linebackers look silly. So he can do the same thing, lining up in the slot, lining up in the backfield, catching that football. He's going to make a lot of people look silly, Jake, and people count him out. So he's going to be returning kicks, returning punts. He's going to surprise a lot of people. And then a year from now, he's going to get his respect, and we're going to move past it. So Deuce Vaughn, best draft story. Uh, I love best pick here for the Cowboys. Going back to your Mozzie Smith. So it's like, how Mozzie, yay or nay, at the end of the day, Jake, we always talk about this on the Believe in Rams podcast. We talk about Aaron Donald. Uh, we talk about just the concept of, you know, happy life, happy wife, happy life, 
And so with the Cowboys, their defense, we look at this draft, they picked essentially for the defense, right? And that first couple picks are like, okay, where are they leaning towards? And it seems like more of the defense. You know, we talk about happy wife, happy life. We talk about the defense with Michael Parsons leading that Cowboys team. We got Diggs on the back end. Happy Parsons, happy Cowboys team. When Parsons can get his guy in a Mozzie Smith to go ball out and create some havoc. I know he went to Mozzie went to Michigan. Um, he went to Penn State, but you know, he texted his coaches like, Hey, I want Mozzie. Michael, Michael Parsons, like, hey, I want Mozzie. And what they do, they went and got him. So happy Micah, happy Cowboys defense. I think they're gonna they're gonna take off with that. And they also, if you look past Shoemaker piece, I know you said, hey, kind of high here. They probably thought they were going best available with Shoemaker. That's neither here nor there. Jake Dak Prescott needs somebody to throw the ball to. That's totally fine. They address the defensive side, they just address the offensive side. But they also then doubled up on some edge defensive players, right? So we talk about Overshawn. We talk about Fajoko, Fajoko as well. They're, they're, they're bolstering up. They're getting ready to go. They're getting ready to get the, the football back to Dak, Dak Prescott. They got Luke Schumacher, you mentioned, coming from Michigan. Might might have been a reach there. Hey, if Dak is happy, if Dak can have another, another person to throw the football to, maybe Dak sent the text in, Jake, like, hey, give me Shum. <laughs> you know, I want Shum. Hey, I, I like Luke. Let's let's not let's not forget. Like he was one of my yeah. sleepers. I just feel like it was a little too early. But here's the thing. Okay, they needed a tight end. Um, you know, any you you lost Dalton Schultz. He's now with Houston. So now you're up to last year's fourth round pick, Jake Ferguson, who I very much liked. He was in my top 10. Uh, Peyton Hendershot, Sean McCune. So you didn't have a ton of guys there. You add Schoonmaker, whether he's a two or a one to start, probably a two, I would say. Um, you know, that's neither here nor there. He's a good football player. But I, I feel like they're like Fahoko in the fourth, Schoonmaker in the, the second. I thought there were some... There was some like a little bit of a reach with Schoonmaker. Fahoko was a pretty big reach, in my opinion. Now, I could be absolutely wrong, um, and I probably am wrong about at least one of those guys because the way it's a 50-50 rule, you know, you could be right about half the guys, you could be wrong about half the guys. I mean, that's just the way it works. But um, all in all, I felt like this draft was just like lacking something, and I feel like Deuce Vaughn kind of propped it into the B- and out of the C-plus range uh, because I love that pick, and I think just where he was on my board, getting him in the sixth round. The only thing that's ugly about Deuce Vaughn is that number 42 as a running back. I don't know if that's going to work. Can't especially a smaller running back. I don't know, but, uh, but that guy can ball and I'm not willing to bet against him. No, not at all. And like you said, that number is a little high. So I'm sure, you know, once he gets through OTAs and training camps, you know, the numbers <laughs> will change up a little bit. People will leave and he'll find something that he likes. But I mean, Hey, you never, Jake, you never know. That could be his good luck, his good luck, the good luck number there. You never know. But the Cowboys, um, like you said, just the way they picked uh, Deuce Vaughn definitely, definitely bumped that draft up for him a little bit. Um, it was look, it was looking a little, looking a little spry. It's <laughs> looking a little spry there. Um, and Jake, I'm looking up. Let me see. I'm looking up Darren Sproles. What number did Sproles wear? Did he wear something? Uh, Forty three. Forty three. There you go. Okay. Okay. I figured that. 43 I don't I don't know I like 43 more than 42 I think 42 obviously baseball number you know Jackie Robinson iconic yeah. Mariano Rivera iconic 42 in football I don't know 
I mean, that's let's like just a put this way. defensive number almost or like a fullback number. It's not really like a speedy running back number. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's put it this way. Ethan Evans, if I'm not mistaken, of the Rams is wearing 42 as a punter. Like he's being thrown 42. Like that's like the bone he's being thrown now because you have all these single digit guys. So that should tell you something. That's that's the number. That's the throwaway number. So maybe he's trying to add some prestige to that. Uh, can't go. knock that. But uh, moving on, we have the New York Giants. This is a little bit of an interesting thing here because I don't think they dominated the uh, the end of the draft. But it's what they did in the first four picks that leads me to believe this is an A minus draft cam. Now hear me out. They go out and they get Deontay Banks. All right. Banks is a freak. Like he's an athletic freak. He's going to work out very well. I think he instantly starts on that defense. You have him, you have a Dory Jackson, you have Darnay Holmes. Okay. Darnay Holmes helps you in the slot uh, out of UCLA. You get Banks out of Maryland and you have a Dory Jackson out of USC. Um, then you have, you know, Panak, you have, um, you know, Xavier McKinney in the back end of the secondary of Dane Belton, who you drafted last year in the fourth round, you go out and later on the draft, you get uh Gervarius Owens thought that was an interesting pick. We'll see what ends up happening with him. Probably a special teams guy to start Jordan Riley, you know, kind of adds some depth to your defensive line, which you have a lot. I mean, you have Nacho who, you know, you talk about uh, before, you know, he's on their defensive line, but they went out and got our guy, Sean Robinson. They signed him to a one-year $8 million deal. They have Dexter Lawrence. They have Leonard Williams. Um, you know, they have Vernon Butler, a guy that I've liked, uh, you know, coming out of the draft years ago. But, um, you know, then what they did is they got Trey Hawkins to add to that cornerback room. Um, but those are the the earlier picks. I'm talking Banks, 24th overall. Love that pick. I think day one, he's somebody that might even be able to be used in return game, you know, because I think he's just such an athletic specimen that, you know, he could help you there. Then you have John Michael Schmitz. Now, this is a guy that you brought up. They also have J.C. Uh, Hossener or Hossenauer from uh, Pittsburgh. Now, the thing I like about this pick is they have Glowinski. They have Evan Neal. They have Andrew Thomas. They have Bredesen. They added John Michael Schmitz, and now it's like they don't have any needs on their offensive line. They got their center of the future. I think he's ready to start day one. So they get him at 57. Was he my top center? No, but this is a great pick. So Banks is a great pick. Uh, John Michael Schmitz is a great pick. Then they go out and get my number one wide receiver at pick 73. They trade up to get him with the Rams, Jalen Hyatt. And I love this pick. And the reason why I love this pick is because they have a bunch of guys that are just role players in this this wide receiver room. I mean, let's be honest. They have a lot of interesting talents. Uh, you look at the way Isaiah Hodgins, you know, played down the stretch last year. Former Buffalo guy goes with the Buffalo guy, uh, you know, there. Um, and he ends up making an impact and was, was huge down the stretch. You also have Paris Campbell, who you signed. He's like your free agent piece there. You have Darius Slayton, who you brought back. You know, he's kind of your deep threat. You have Sterling Shepard still there. Everyone forgets about him. They spent a second last year on Wandale Robinson. They got Jamison Crowder, who I mentioned earlier, uh, that Josh Downs compared to. Um, you know, they have Colin Johnson. They have Jeff Smith, who I really liked with the Jets. So really good special teamer, and he got a chance to play last year. They have David Sills. They have Bryce Ford Wheaton, who they added in UDFA uh, that people are talking about. Jaden Mickens, Makai um, Polk. So they have a lot of these guys, right? Who's going to emerge? And when I look at Jalen Hyatt going into this offense, he immediately becomes a starting wide receiver. I think the way I would have it is that Sterling Shepard's been through the ringer with those injuries. I'm not willing to say that Sterling Shepard comes back 100%. 
And I'm saying after he's finished all his rehab, I'm not willing to say he's the 100% same player. So when I look at it, my starters would be Isaiah Hodgins on the outside, Jalen Hyde on the other side, and then I would have Paris Campbell or Darius Slayton, um, you know, kind of rotate in and out in the slot. And being able to have a guy like Hyatt who has that 4-3 game-breaking speed, he has the fastest straight-line speed in the, you know, the college football, won the Bolitnikoff, to get him in the third round because there were some teams that were turned off by, I guess, his confidence, how, like, he carries himself or whatever, Giants will take that to the bank because they did not get a ton of help for Daniel Jones in the offseason. Going out and getting Paris Campbell, I mean, you can look at that like, oh, that's a big deal. And sorry, I forgot about Wandale Robinson. He definitely would be in the mix to be the slot guy. But the point is, going out and getting Paris Campbell, okay, like, cool. But Paris Campbell was a bust. That's what he was. He didn't he didn't pan out with the Colts. He was a guy that was constantly, you know, there was constantly excuses being made about him. Oh, well, when he's healthy, but he's never healthy. You know, and he he just didn't work out. So we don't know what Paris Campbell's going to be. I have more I have more confidence that Wandale Robinson will be something more than Paris Campbell. So there's a lot of these role players. I feel good about Isaiah Hodgins, but was he like a a last seven game of the year wonder? We don't know, you know. But I do feel very confident that Jalen Hyatt they got the next Mike Wallace in him. That's who I compared him to. And the next Mike Wallace, you know, in his prime, you're getting a guy with 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns. With Daniel Jones, I think he's going to be huge. And then uh, Eric Gray. So you talk about the the Saquon Barkley piece that we've brought up before. Like, is this guy going to stay? We even toyed with the idea of them trading him and getting Bijan Robinson. Because, I mean, what's going to happen with that whole franchise tag thing? So they have Matt Breida. They have Gary Brightwell. They have Jay Sean Corbin. They go out and they draft Eric Gray, who I actually had the pleasure of speaking with during the pre-draft process. Really nice guy. Um, you know, and Eric Gray, they get him in the fifth round, Oklahoma, playing big games, wore that number zero that I always uh, rave about. But Eric Gray has a chance to be really good. Um, he's not overly athletic. He just makes guys miss. It's really bizarre. He didn't run extremely well, but he's just a guy that you can trust in pass pro in the receiving game, you know, he's got a deceptive and mass speed. I really like him. And so I'm giving this, uh, this draft an a minus cam. I like it. I like it. I'm gonna go with the a Jake. I'm gonna go with the a, um, the reason why Eric gray, he's going to wear number 40 number as well. Jake. <laughs> totally kidding. Totally kidding. No, number 40 number me, man. <laughs> I heard, I heard it was 20 and then you said 40 and I was like, <laughs> That's hilarious. And going back to that Deuce Vaughn piece, right? No, Deuce Vaughn's going 42. Alma Kamara, number 41, right? So he's probably trying to make it a lot cooler like some of these other quarterback running backs. But Eric Gray, <laughs> not getting number 40, Jig. I'm just twisting your chain there. Pull your chain there. Um, oh, but man. Going back to Eric Gray, seeing his film. I love his film, Jake. One thing I do have about him, though, is the home run speed, right? You mentioned, the, you know, he's not the fastest. So, he doesn't have that home run speed. Someone's like a Sean Tucker, right? We talk about Sean Tucker, who was hurt, um, who went undrafted to the Bucks, but he has that home run speed. I didn't see that from Eric Gray, but you mentioned that that one cut. Jamie he puts that foot in the ground. He's able to make people miss, and it's it looks bad, right? Like a lot of times you think like, okay, the fast guys, the quick guys, that's the person that's going to really break me off or really, you know, give me that wiggle. But with him, with Eric Gray. He he loves to sell that like oh I'm about to I'm about to go and 
the way he runs, Jake, it kind of, I don't say it reminds me of myself, but he's like a longer stride. And so it seems like he picks up that long stride and whenever he's able to shake and make moves, he slows it down a little bit and then boom, foot in the ground, makes people fall. So Eric he's got Gray. got power too. So he, yeah. he's falling forward. He's at the end of the day, he's falling forward. And to get someone like this to compliment Saquon Barkley, you love it. So like you said, we talk about the Giants and their, their draft this year. They went to the playoffs last year. They got their pieces in the offseason, except Saquon. I'm definitely giving them an A. Um, and then Eric Gray, too. I want to say this, Jake. My man can catch the football. My man can catch the football in the backfield. Um, he can line up in the slot, line up outside, and catch that football. So that's that's really important. Fifth-round pick, uh, I think you always mention this, but that fourth round, fifth round, even third round, that's when your values come in. So love to see that. Going back up the list a little bit here, Jake, Jalen Hyatt. You know, you see that viral clip of him talking to one of the coaches uh, at, you know, during his pro day. And the coach says, yeah, you know what you're about, right? And then Jalen's like, what is that? What is, what is my trait? He's like, oh, it's a speed thing. He's like, I can run routes too. So we'll so see. We'll we'll see. He went he went out there and, and tore it up. And so he has a lot to prove now, right? Like the fact that that clip went viral, it makes me mad, Jake, because you got people questioning, you know, someone's ability. It's like, man, cut the tape on. You you can see it happen. So I thought that I'm, was a yeah. little disrespectful. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, and I think too, I think a lot of times in those situations, some of the coaches they want to get real buddy buddy and like get to know you and have a good time and like joke a little bit, but for a guy like Jalen, like this is one of the biggest moments of his life. So he's like, "Hey, I don't, I don't got time to joke around a little bit, because, not even make sure that you know I'm a, a route runner and a, a great uh, pass catcher because you're telling telling this to other people in the locker room, right? You're up there doing your evaluation. You're telling other scouts from other teams, oh, just a speed guy.' And Jalen's like, "No, I run routes, my guy. I'm a pure wide receiver." So. Every now and then you love to see the little disrespect because like Lamar Jackson, you see his pre-draft pieces. They're like, oh, uh, are you going to line up at wide receiver? And he's like, excuse me, sir. I'm a quarterback, you know? So yeah, I'm not even going to run that 40 time that you want, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You hate you hate to see it, but you also on the flip end, you love to see it because that's that chip on the shoulder, right? Lamar, highest paid player in the league. I mean, quarterback in the league now. So Jalen Hyatt, I'd love to see where he's going to go with that. JMS, John Michael Smith, Jake, you know how I feel about him. That they played against Syracuse in the bowl game. He sat out for that one because he knew he's gonna get that smoke. But no, um, I think he's gonna be a great, a great player at the next level. Really smart. It's really gonna really help out Daniel, help Daniel Jones out with pass pro with just different things because he's he's a cerebral guy. Um, I talked about his anchor. He's able to really lock in and get things going. Um, so he'll do he'll do well at the next level. And then Deontay Banks, Jake, um, them picking him up at first. First, first round, four three forty. I mean, just you know, the reason why I talk about the forty a lot, and a lot of time I talk about some of these players, is a lot of times in these war rooms. If you ever go into a a football building, a football building, a lot of times in these rooms, some of these coaches, they'll have all the players lined up, and a lot of times by these players' names, of course, you have your position, but the first thing is that height, that weight, and that forty. Not how many tackles you had last year, not X, Y, and Z, but that height, that weight, and that 40. So that 40 is going to stick with these players for a long time. So to see a guy like Deontay Banks run that 4-3, you love to see. And as a quarterback, you should be running a 4-3, Jake. If you run a 4-4-4-5, you're in trouble. So New York Giants, um, I love the what they did here in the draft. 
Um, they got Daniel Jones locked in. They got some receivers, uh, a center running back around them. So, hey, let's see how things go this season. Can they make it to the playoffs again? Can they make a longer run? What does that look like? No, I, I hear you. You know, I think going back to the Jalen Hyatt piece, you know, this is somebody that I think fell because, I mean, if you want my honest opinion, I think some of the coaches and scouts were turned off by his confidence. And I, I mean, I don't think it's fair, but I think that's what it is. I mean, this is somebody that was widely regarded as, you know, an in your face, I'm this good type of guy. And if he's backing up, I don't see the issue. If he's putting in the work, I don't see the issue. And I, I think he has every right to to feel like he's it's him against the world because I mean, he should have gone in the first round. I'm going to be honest with you. He was a, a first round talent. It wasn't a great wide receiver class. Um, he, he's not just speed. Like you can tell it, 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 he has the desire to run routes and at Tennessee, they don't even play a normal offense. They didn't ask him to. So how is that his fault? Then in the limited opportunities, he has to run, show some route running ability. He does. He shows the quick, you know, quick out of his breaks and you know he wasn't your Darius Hayward Bay he wasn't a Ted Ginn Jr. I feel like that was really probably what pissed him off because he you know you instantly oh you have this straight line speed and now it's used against you right it's well Ted Ginn went what top 10 you know Darius Hayward Bay went what eighth overall I mean I'm not one of the I'm not those guys I can offer more than just running straight down the field. I'm not just a track star. Yeah. I won the Blitnikoff. I mean, for, you know, for Christ's sakes, you know? So it's like, <laughs> you know, I think it puts some respect to my name. So, yeah, so yeah I, I totally get it. I mean, if Jalen Hyatt was upset and that's why he fell in the process, then the giants won. And I think he won because he gets to go to an, you know, an offense where he can not only be the guy, but he also has other guys there that can, you know, maybe take some double team pressure off him. You know, and that speed is only going to make everyone around him better when you're in the same offense as, say, a Saquon Barkley. Now you're cooking. And in addition to that, let's not forget, my guy, while I really like the pickup that they made to go out and get Daniel Bellinger last year uh, in the fourth round, they also made a pickup and got Darren Waller this past year. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you add Darren Waller, you have Saquon Barkley, and now you have Jalen Hyatt. Fireworks in this Giants offense. I think it's really possible you could be seeing that. I think... If Jalen Hyatt steps up and he becomes the player that I think he's going to be. And if you get the contributions out of Isaiah Hodgins again this next year, and he looks the same as he did at the end of last year, then you have Wandale Robinson in the slot. Man, I mean, Robinson was a second rounder and almost like 75 to 80% of Will Levis's production in his best season was Wandale Robinson. So he's... He's the guy I don't want to forget about because I think he's being slept on and I'm excited about his ability. I I think he has a chance to be really good in this league, but so you, you have an a, I have an a minus for the giants. We move on to Philly and I'm just going to start it off by saying they got an a plus cam. They got an a plus. I mean, (laughs) uh, you know, keep in mind part of the draft, part of the capital, they were able to also get Deandre Swift, but let's not even look at that necessarily. You go out, you get Jalen Carter. He's my number two player in the draft. Okay. I, I think Jalen Carter is outstanding. He's got some, you know, character concerns or maturity issues. He's a young player. That's, that's to be expected. I mean, you're going to have that. Uh, they also get Nolan Smith. So they get his buddy from Georgia, Nolan Smith at 30th overall. 
I thought he was a top 15 talent. So, I mean, I thought they absolutely stole him. Tyler Steen, not a sexy pick, right? People will easily overlook this pick, but I felt like in a class that was pretty top-heavy at tackle, you know, I thought Tyler Steen was a really good pick up here because you do have Lane Johnson who's getting older. He was a first-round pick in 2013. So, yes, you have to be prepared, uh, you know, for what comes after. Jordan Mailata has a lockdown, seventh rounder in uh, 2018. Love what Jordan Mailata brings to the table. They got Dickerson. They got Jason Kelsey, uh, you know, who's also getting older. Cam Jurgens, right? So now they go out and they add Tyler Steen in the third round, played at a big-time program in Alabama. I thought his tape was rock solid. I like the pick there in third round. Sidney Brown. I've mentioned him before. Love his overall game. I think he fits to what they look for in those DBs. I mean, whether he plays the the nickel corner spot, really good athlete. You know, you have uh, Terrell Edmonds, who they go out and they sign. They have Kayvon Wallace still. Uh, they have Tristan McCollum. They have Justin Evans, and they have Reed Blankenship. I think Sidney Jones uh, or Sidney Brown, excuse me, goes right in there, and he starts day one. Uh, alongside Terrell Edmonds, who they got um, as a free agent from Pittsburgh. So love the Sidney Brown pick. Love. He's one of my favorite safeties. And he's one of the guys that I said in this safety class, I think he's somebody that could stand out and be a top three safety from this class. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the best from this class, but he's got the tools. Then you have Keely Ringo, who I felt like was getting a little overrated because at one point or another, he was a first round talent and mock drafts had him in the top 10. And so I feel like not everybody adjusts to that where, okay, he was in the top 10 a year ago. Why is he not there anymore? And like, I feel like you and I kind of adjust to that pretty well. You know, we're like, okay, this is where he is. This is what, what whatever. Um, there are people that were still mocking Ringo in the first round. That is what I wasn't a fan of first, second or third round pick. I had Ringo as a fourth round talent. So I actually really like this pick. I think it makes sense. You get a guy with, you know, really good upside there, uh, really good athletic profile. He's a little stiff. Okay. Um, he's not a perfect prospect, but you get him in the fourth round, another Georgia guy, they're sticking with Georgia guys. So, they feel good about that. And, uh, you know, I like that pick there adds depth to their secondary and Ringo's a guy that could also convert to safety if need be. So it'll be fascinating to see where he goes, but also pressures off with him. You know, you got Darius Slay, you got James Bradbury, Avante Maddox. I'm not trying to push this guy in, uh, any position where he has to start. You got Zach McPherson, um, you know, fourth, uh, round in 2021, so, you know, he doesn't have to be that guy right away. And that's a good thing for him, right? Um, can play in the zone. You know, he, he can tackle. He's physical. He looks like a running back on the outside, When if I'm being honest. So I like that pick. Tanner McKee. Interesting. Um, maybe not my top quarterback, but you wait to the sixth round. You get a guy that some people had in the second or third I mean, this guy has some velocity, man. When he lets the ball go, it flies. You know, he's smart because he's coming from Stanford. So when, <laughs> you know, when you, when you look at him, I mean, I think he beats out Ian book uh, for that QB three spot. And I think he could push Marcus Mariota. I think Mariota has that two spot locked down, but they might keep three on the roster. Might be able to justify it and saying, well, Mariota's a guy we got for now, but maybe down the road, you know, we really want to keep developing this Tanner McKee. And then Moro Ajomo, uh, the interior defense lineman from Texas, is just going to fit right into that rotation. He's a seventh round pick that some felt could go high uh, round, you know, round four, round five. So 
all in all, this is an A-plus pick because the Eagles went out and they got two day-one starters if need be and Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith. They went out and got Sidney Brown, who could be a day-one starter. They went out and got Keely Ringo, who was the best player available. And they got Tyler Steen, um, who, you know, in my mind, if you need him to, he can start right away too. So arguably they got, what, four or five day-one starters? Picking last in the draft? Yeah. I mean, yeah, the rich, the rich get richer. I think we say it a lot. You say it a lot here. The rich get richer. Um, seeing the Eagles just winning the offseason after, you know, suffering a loss in the championship is tough. But, Jake, they're carrying that momentum over. So the fact that they went and got champions, they got three Georgia guys, which is really cool from that defense, which they only allowed a certain amount of yards per, you know, per game or something crazy like that uh, when it comes to the Georgia Bulldogs. So, the fact that they're stacking up their defense in this way is a one And the, the picks that you just went through, Jake, I feel like they hit on, on almost every one, right? You mentioned Tanner, maybe, or maybe not, but the fact that this is an a plus is that they got a little, they got close to hitting on every single pick and that's what makes them so great. So going back to your Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith piece, Jake, that's, you know, it's going to be a long day for Jalen Hurts in practice, right? He's going to have to get rid of that football so quick. Like, his timing is going to speed up like no one else's business. Um, so it's really cool to see that, um, you know, the Eagles stacking up on dogs and champions, right? When he when 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 he looks across the field during practice, he's going to see champions across his face. So that's excellent. And that's going to feed to what they need to do um, in the Eagles uh, team. They lost a lot of their two of their coordinators, so they need to stack up. Going back to Tyler Steen, supporting your quarterback, right? They went and got some defensive guys, got some dogs. Now they went to Alabama, uh, Jalen's prior school, and got a tackle that could protect them. We talk about some of these linemen and some of these offensive defensive linemen in the SEC, Jake. You kind of got to give them a, a bump up because playing tackle in the SEC, that has to be one of the toughest things to do in college football. That's tough. You're seeing guys with speed out of the wazoo. We just, I mean, even going to <laughs> Nolan Smith, I mean, you should, go up the draft chart, right? And you're seeing guys that are running four threes and it's like, well, well, damn. And so Tyler Steen, he's seen all of those things. And so, like you said, stepping to that next level at the Eagles, he might be a day one starter there. He has a lot of a lot of leaders on the offensive line that will give him tips to, to accelerate his game a lot faster. So that's excellent there. And then going to Cindy Brown, Jake, I mean, these top, all these four of these guys, it's like, dude, y'all got all of them. It's kind of insane. And so Illinois at this point, Jake, might as well be DBU after this draft. I mean, they had about three or four, three guys come off the board. So, I mean, I know we talk about great safeties. Brian Branch, who went to the Lions, he was one of my favorite safeties. You talk about, uh, you know, once the year progresses, I think him and Brian Branch will be, you know, in the in the conversation of some of the better um, safeties to come out of this draft. Illinois' defensive back group is full period. Uh, excellent. They're they're excellent to see some of those corners get picked, to see him get picked as well. I think you, you might have had him on our, our guys list. Um, you know, he's going to be stepping in, Jake. And like I said, he might be able to start right away or contribute right away, right? you got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Marcus Epps who left. So now he's going to be able to step in and hopefully fill some of those shoes. So with Brown coming in, um, that's going to be excellent. I know he tested really well um, at the, you know, at the combine. Um, so that's going to be a great addition to that defense on the back end. And you talk about Ringo coming from the SEC. Like you said, he he fell to the fourth round. And people had him going a little bit higher. So the fact that the Eagles picked him up here, another Georgia guy, another champion 
right? Like I said, Jalen's going to have a long day in practice every single day. And that's what you want. Iron sharpens iron. So that's really cool to see there. And Tanner coming in, the Stanford guy. I, I really chuckle when you're like, ah, he has to be smart. He's a Stanford guy. That's <laughs> that's good comedy, Jake, right? They call him Stanford, the Ivy, Ivy League of the West Coast. So like you said, coming out of Stanford, he has to be sharp. Living up in San Francisco, uh, you know, there's some there's some smarties, some smart techies up there. So for him to be in that, that arena, that area, uh, definitely a sharp cat. So to <clears throat> – when we think about this, Jalen Hurts, highest paid quarterback um, in the NFL, right, or after Lamar Jackson. So the fact that Tanner got picked up to support someone like that in Jalen Hurts, that has a lot to say about Tanner. So I'll leave it at that. Is the Philadelphia Eagles fans should be confident that they got a brainiac, you know, behind Jalen Hurts. So now Jalen Hurts will get smarter and his whole offense and his whole Eagles team will be smarter. So that's, that's excellent there. And then finally, um, beefing up this defensive line. Jake, I mean, at this point, they got a whole line, right? They want to run a, a three, you know, if they want to run a three-down defense and rush the passer, they got guys in the draft that can get that done. With Ojomo coming out of Texas, um, like you mentioned, he, he should have won a little bit earlier. But coming out of the seventh round, that's a steal there. Um, I know he had a 91.4% grade in the run in run defense. <laughs> Jake, in the seventh round, Eagles like, come on, fam. Like, how are you, how are you stacking up and getting these guys? So you know he's gonna he's gonna cover up some holes, cover up some gaps, and good luck running or passing the ball on this on this Eagles. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be no, tough. No, ab- absolutely. And I think the the big thing here as we, we wrap up the Eagles, they went out and they went best player available. You could tell, but they also addressed needs. So you lose a guy uh, like you know um, what's his face that I I had his name on my my mind, uh, the South Carolina true. State uh, defense lineman. Um, I forget his name. It's slipping my mind. Yeah. It'll come back later. Yeah, he went to the 49ers. Oh, man. What the hell is his name? Javon Hargrave. There we go. You lose a guy like Javon Hargrave. You lose a guy like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Marcus Epps. Um, and, I mean, you still had Jordan Davis. So now you're talking about the future future because these guys can play right away. Jalen Carter can play right away. Jordan Davis can play right away. Milton Williams. We don't know what that's going to end up being because I remember the, I don't know if you remember when they, they peaked in the war room and people looked actually like pissed off that they picked him. That was a bizarre scene, man. I don't know if they even wanted the guy, but that's who they got. Um, Jalen Carter is next to Fletcher Cox or Jordan Davis is next to Fletcher Cox. That will not be the case because Cox is getting older. He's going to leave and, and you either retire or go to another team. So at some point down the road, very soon, we will see Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter on the same defensive line. And that is going to be scary. And this is <laughs> what you talk about, you know, planning for the future, but trying to win now trying to sustain success and like for the long term, but also keeping success in the, in the short term. And I feel like that's what they were able to do. And Sydney Brown is another one of those. Hey, we're going to go out we're going to get a guy that's going to replace Chauncey Gardner, Johnson, um, Keely Ringo, you know, is helping you. You have an older cornerback room with, uh, you know, not Bradbury, but Darius Slay, you know, he's 32, 33. So you go out, you get him. That's great. Hassan Reddick, young guy. Um, but then you add Nolan Smith there who can kind of grow with Hassan Reddick. So good stuff there from the Eagles. They, you know, they get an A plus, obviously we've talked about that. Now moving on to Washington, right? Washington is going to get a higher grade from me than the consensus, because here's what I'm going to say. Okay. 
everyone is going to complain. I've already seen it about the Emmanuel Forbes pick to start off the draft. If you haven't watched Emmanuel Forbes tape, just say so. Because that guy <laughs> broke the record for FBS pick sixes. He had an unbelievable amount of interceptions. Okay. But it's more so on tape. You see the four, three speed. The only knock on him is that he's a little skinny. Okay. He's like 180, whatever. Yeah. I don't care. Okay. I yeah. don't. Um, he's getting Forbes, away right now. Forbes <laughs> is, is ready to start and contribute and be like Patrick Peterson coming out right now. That That's what he is. So I yeah. love that pick. Quan Martin out of Illinois. Some people list him as a corner. Some list him as a safety. He doesn't have to play safety. They have Cam Curl and they have Derek Forrest, who they really like. They have Jeremy Reeves, who they really like. They have Percy Butler, who they really like. So they got four really good safeties. Quan Martin is probably going to be their nickel corner. Okay, so he's probably going to be their nickel guy. They got a stud nickel at 47 out of what you're calling DBU in uh, Illinois. So Emmanuel Forbes, they get better in the secondary. They get better in the secondary with Martin. They go out and they get my second overall center in Ricky Stromberg. I had a second round grid on. They get him in the third. Yeah. Mock drafts had him in the fifth. Your mock drafts were wrong. I'm sorry. Ricky Stromberg <laughs> is yeah. a day two guy. And so I love that pick. Braden Daniels, that was one of your guys. I love Braden Daniels. Can play guard, can play tackle. He gives you upside whether or not, you know, he's going to replace a guy like maybe Sam Cosme down the road. You got Andrew Norwell. He doesn't have to play right away. You have Charles Leno. You have Andrew Wiley. Um, so Stromberg and Braden Daniels give you depth, but also give you versatility because Stromberg can also play guard. That's three spots, Cam. And when you look at, um, you know, Braden Daniels, I think he could play all five. So now you, you got versatility there, a total of eight positions. Then you have KJ Henry, who was really good at Clemson. I think he got a little overshadowed in this process. So he's a pass rusher who you add to that rotation. Chase Young is going to be a free agent after the season. You didn't, you know, you didn't bring back his uh, fifth year option. Um, you have Montez Sweat. But after that, it's like, yeah, I can definitely see why they added somebody. James Smith Williams is the only other guy in William Bradley King. So I think KJ Henry has a chance to have a, you know, a, he be a contributing factor in his first year as a fifth round pick. Then you go on and you get Chris Rodriguez Jr. Who, yeah, okay, he's a sixth round pick. Okay, wasn't a guy that was really highly talked about. You have Brian Robinson, you have Antonio Gibson. You add Chris Rodriguez Jr. here. He's got deceptive uh, speed, but the thing about him is his patience. I see some Le'Veon Bell in his game. So is this a gem? I don't know, but we've seen a lot of gems come out of the sixth and seventh round at this position. Yeah. So I wouldn't rule it out. And then Andre Jones Jr. out of Louisiana Lafayette, uh, another edge defender. So they went and got two edge defenders. I think Washington gets an name honest for me, Cam. I think they went out and they got some studs. Like we're talking their first four picks are guys that I absolutely love in this draft. Forbes, Martin, Stromberg, Daniels. I like Henry. I like Rodriguez. Jones is pretty solid in his own right. So I'm giving a minus. I think the commanders got a lot better. They had a lot of pressure on them to you know take a quarterback. There was a lot of rumors that it would be Hendon Hooker or somebody like that. I think they made the right move, Cam. I, I think they, they just focused on getting better as an overall team. And look, they spent a fifth round pick on Sam Howell. They went out and signed Jacoby Brissett. I think they're ready to let it roll with those two. Yeah, and think about this too, Jake. You talked about the Washington football team getting better. We talk about some of these off seasons, right? I'm gonna give the Washington football team a B plus. We're gonna give them the B plus instead of a B, or like you said, contrary to the popular opinion, 
They got Eric Bieniemy in as offensive coordinator. So they're getting better on the offensive side as well as a coach, right? Someone who has championship experience, Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett, like you said, he's going to be able to pour into him. So the offensive side, you're sitting pretty. So you look at this, this draft here, it's mostly covering defensive positions, except of a, you know, outside of a center tackle and running back. But other than that, you got more defensive players than offensive players. I like it, Jake. I like it. And so you talk about Emmanuel Forbes. Watching his tape, Jake, you mentioned it. People haven't watched it. Pick six magnet. I mean, he's probably the most athletic person on the field at most times, uh, I, I would say. Some of the concentra- concentration interceptions that he has, four touchdowns are insane. Like, he's not even looking at the ball. He's not looking at the quarterback. He's looking at the receiver. He makes a play on the football. The ball pops up in the air. He's on the sideline, catches it. T- and it makes it scores a touchdown. It's like some of these plays, you're like, wait a minute. Like, do you have He's you gotta have different, mag- man? You build different, you gotta have magnets on your hands, my guy, because this is this is crazy. Um, you know, you mentioned being skinny. Like I say, he's getting stronger now, Jake. When you get to the NFL, you're gonna put on more weight, you're gonna get stronger, your 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 muscle uh, you know, composition is gonna change. Let's not worry about that. That's not we would one of the things that I do have for him though is coming up and making tackles he does come up and make tackles but you can see there's not re- that much up you know a little light behind yeah. the pads so yeah you just do more power cleans you eat a little bit more food jake stay fast get more explosive and you just you, you ball out at the end of the day jake you want your corners to be physical you want them to put hands on people and basically stop the run at times right um and so for him make sure you 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 put on tape that you can stop the run right that you can shut some people down but in the past game, a defensive coordinator picked him or the Washington football team picked him early because he's a defensive coordinator's dream come true. Just know that when he's on the football field, the ball's going to get to his hands at some point and that you're going to be pointing the other direction most games. Adding to that, Quan Martin, another ball hawk, Jake. Watching his film, the, Ill- the Illinois, the fighting Illini, the, their defensive backs coach, their whole defense, like, give them a trophy, give them their flowers right now because the way that they got these guys in the NFL, second round, third round, I mean, these guys are doing extremely well. So I love it um, to see the Washington Commanders really firm up that secondary, like you said. Early in the round, they're like, okay, let's firm up the secondary. we got Eric Gimming on the offensive side. We're going to score touchdowns. We're going to figure this out. But let's make sure we can get Eric the football back. you got ball hawks that can get it done. Mark Quan Martin. Jake, I mean, you, like you said, have to line them up in slot. Line them up on the outside. Line them up at safety. It don't matter. <laughs> He's what you call a football player. He's a football player. He's going to get your, the football back to you, back to you. And you're going to be happy about it. And then going to Ricky Stromberg, Jake, it was really cool to see him get picked. I know he's one of your guys. What I have for him, I can see him playing in the NFL as long as he stays healthy for a long time. I got savvy vet here. You, you'll see with him on his tape, he does great with his combination block. So whenever he's, you know, if people don't know what a combination block is, when you're double up with, let's say, a guard or whatever that is, and then you work to the to the second level. So he does a great job of that. And a lot of times those guards – Sometimes your, your center can leave you hanging, but not not Stromberg. He is a guy's guy. You can see it on tape that he loves his teammates. He supports his guys. Um, he's he's willing to to sacrifice uh, for them. So Ricky Stromberg, I love the pick there, uh, Washington Commanders. And then you have a, another person right here who can help you call plays, right? Eric Benjamin's like, hey, I, I want to coach out on the field. Ricky, can I count on you? Yes, I can. Ricky's that guy. 
So love that pick in Ricky Stromberg. And then we got Brayden Daniels, Jake. I, you talked about uh, our, our guy segment. Um, he played left guard in 2019, Jake. Played right tackle in 2021, left tackle in 2022. So now get the guy to snap the football and he can do it all. And <laughs> I know we joked about this in our a few episodes, like, oh, if one guy can play one thing, he can play the other. But he's a true definition of a utility offensive lineman. You can put him anywhere. He's going to play in the NFL for a long time with those skills, with that skill set and those abilities. And then, like you said, um, capping it off with Rodriguez Jr. coming out of Kentucky. I mean, Jake, you know, you got a guy that can run the football. That's that's always important. Um, you know, he had a 90, 90% PPF rushing grade, a PFF rushing grade, uh, three, 3.8 yards after contact. He's going to fall forward. He's going to gain some yards. So I love the picks there, watching the football team. For me, Jake, like I said, give me a, give me a B plus there. So, yeah, I think uh, once again, the NFC East got better. Once again, a, def- a division got better. I, we're not going to mm-hmm. see too many divisions where they downgrade. I, I don't think. I mean, anytime you're you're drafting, you're you're, you're getting more players and whatnot. But um, that's going to do it for us. Uh, we end it one way. It's only one way we end it. Saying happy birthday to a former NFL player, and that NFL player is former offensive tackle Jake Long. He turns thirty-eight yeah. today. Uh, All Pro four-time pro bowler played five years with the Miami dolphins, two years, with the St. Louis Rams, one year with the Atlanta Falcons and one year with the Minnesota Vikings. He started 99 games. So happy birthday to Jake long. Yeah. Brother of Chris long, who I played with at the Rams and son of Howie long, you know, Raiders hall of famer. So, Hey, happy birthday, my man. So that's, uh, that's going to do it. So for, uh, for Jake Ellenberg and he is Cameron Lynch. This has been Off the Edge, episode 13, and we'll catch you guys in the next one. Later, folks.